0: Hello and welcome to Upstage Downstage. With me, Richard Platt, seated in the upper circle, and me, Stephen Rees, uh, seated in a cheap seat. This is the theatre podcast where we discuss productions we've seen, things we've liked and may not have liked,
1: giving our complete, unprofessional and non-biased opinions. So grab a brew, take a seat, and let's raise that curtain. On today's episode we'll be discussing A Christmas Carol. We saw this production at Nottingham Playhouse on the 8th of November 2021, which was due to be transferred to the Alexandra Palace in London in December 2021. This spooky retelling of Charles Dickens' classic tale was written by Mark Gattis
0: to incorporate a more Halloween feel for its debut. So Richard, what's it all about?
1: Ebenezer Scrooge is visited by the ghost of his business partner, Jacob Marley, to show the error of his ways, explaining that he will be visited by three ghosts, past, present and future. Each of those visitations show how he treats people, particularly Clark Bob Cratchit and his nephew Fred. Scrooge then becomes transformed into a deeply caring person, changing his ways just in time for Christmas. The balance is restored, not to the status quo, but to that of a happier and pleasant Scrooge. So with all that said, let's set set the scene.
0: So Richard, what are our first impressions of the set and the layout of this a Christmas Carol?
1: Well, as you walked into Nottingham Playhouse, you really were drawn into a Christmas Carol and Scrooge's office where you're just surrounded by filing cabinets, paperwork, books. You just felt sucked into a Dickens era production.
0: It was I thought the set was really well utilized to be honest. I've seen a Christmas Carol Several times now, but I don't think I've ever seen it done like this. You've always seen the streets, you know, Street online, scene, a di- typical
1: Dickens street scene. Street scene, scene.
0: but this was inside the actual Scrooge's firm, yeah, really, and it's it's just a nice take.
1: I, I think as well it. it wasn't, for me, it's all about setting the scene where you're basically creating a feeling where nothing is... Sh- perfect everything is haphazard and that's how the real world is you know nothing is symmetrical nothing and that's how very much what the set you walked into you really felt like there was towering blocks of filing cabinets you were oppressed by paperwork and finances and documents which i
0: think is very apt for the character of mm, scrooge which definitely. i think mark Gators has particularly focused on you know you see all those Filing cabinets, one stacked on top of the other going so high straight up to the lights above yeah. on several of these podiums and, and things that they got. I don't even know if podium is the right word, but it just you just look at it and think all they do is take money off people. And yeah. they've probably got filing cabinets off so many people that are indebted to them. Yeah, and it, and it sets the world up that like this is their life, this is their story and this is, it's all about them collecting and wanting more, more, more. It instantly
1: people. transported you back to the old Dickens era straight bookkeeping away. Bookkeeping and accountancy yeah. and uh, things yeah, like there, that. There was definitely no computers on site <laughs> everything had mm. to be stored on physical records and it was very obvious.
0: And to one side which would be stage right is that correct Richard? Where the um, I mean I'm telling you where stage it is don't even know where I'm looking it's at stage left. No, well, you, you think oh, I'm I talking think so. about that, but I'm not. you stage
1: a, right, then there we go. Stage
0: right, there's a tiny little fire that they had, yeah. A little coal fire which they utilised to keep the office warm, and there was those bells yeah, just to ring just when the doors were opening, really. And onto the stage left, which I think Rich is talking yeah, about I, now. I, I think I'm eager to talk, eager talk about. about this one. Was well, a scaffold pole.
1: Which... The only criticism I have is you walked into the production where you have got this very Dickens era production, to then on stage left was a st- Scaffolding erection which was not very contemporary. They were probably still building it when we went to see it. It felt like there'd been a problem in the actual theatre where they were propping up some sort of subsistence or something in the in the venue. Part
0: of the wall came down.
1: Yeah, because they'd chosen to use modern day scaffolding to depict another area of the stage rather than using a wooden constructed scaffolding or something which would have been more in keeping and would have further drawn you into the production, there was definitely modern day twentieth century scaffolding clamps around the actual scaffolding. And that you know metal pole scaffolding would not have been around. It would have, have been built in wooden construction. Do you
0: think they could have covered those clamps with rope?
1: I think they could have they could have lashed them with rope, they could have cladded it with wood at the front they could have still had scaffolding as the construction but if they would have just put wooden wooden boards in front of that scaffolding it would have given you the illusion that you were right deep within the dickens era so i because think it just detracted from the, I'm, the I'm, i sign. think
0: i'm right in saying that on the scaffold where they've got the actual scaffold boards they've got the toe boards yes which stops anything from falling yeah. over now that's a health and safety issue it always you see, yeah but you never had that no In that time period. But even
1: if you clad it with wood around the edges, it would have made it so much more appealing to the eye, but also not detracting. And I do though that when it transferred to London, it still kept the actual same design, which I did find very strange.
0: But saying that, that was just one issue, Definitely. which I think Richard has more of a gripe than myself.
1: I just had to wipe it mm. out of my mind and just enjoy the production.
0: It. Maybe you probably crop the picture. But utilising the set, I felt they used it really well. Yeah. And basically, they were the cabinets on some kind of platform. There was two of them on, yeah. on, on, on wheels. So at the very beginning, they turned around ebenezer was on one and jacob was on Marley, yeah. the other and there was on these huge tall there were seats but there were
1: there were seats and desks but so high that Elongated. even the back row could see the performance which it, was really it just well...
0: made them have their position higher up yeah and those that were working for them for were the just looked down at yeah. really and it was a bit dicey when the cast moved those cabinets around with the actors sitting on them it looked a bit dicey oh, there was a couple of
1: wobbly moments
0: i mean talking about the house and safety with the foot bars yeah the foot-
1: yeah kick plates kick plates
0: yeah and you got the actors on the chairs wobbling all over the place definitely yeah so how do you think the space was used for the scene changes
1: i think it was really well used in the settle of each scene there was a gauze above the actual stage where they projected different scenes on for where they were in the production, which helped, and it wasn't a projection that was a specific projector screen, it was just projected on gauze, so it had a breakup. There was a lot of rips in it, so it felt very of the time. I felt that they used projections really well to change the space, as it were. And a lot of things were on wheels and a lot of things were moved around.
0: And very atmospheric yeah. as well
1: that um, the gauze and, and yeah. things, and like it, that. it added to where you were in the time, so I thought it did work that really well.
0: And the two platforms. Forms which were on wheels, they moved to the side. So when they did an outside scene, you couldn't see that it they was almost slotted into thing. the
1: side of the stage. So you forgot they were there in a way. Yeah, you didn't
0: see the filing cabinets or the chair no. on either side, and the cast just moved in between them as if they were just hiding or running away because there's quite a lot of cast in this one. Yeah, definitely. And with it being a different retelling of it, because they tried to do it as a ghost story. Yeah. Didn't they for the Halloween. They and really did. How do you think that worked? Because I actually I enjoyed it for what it was. It felt more spooky. End, I uh, knew where they were going, yeah. I but mean, obviously with Mark Gatiss being involved, you knew because of his like League of gentleman background and things like that that he does like to go on the macabre and the, yeah. the spookiness of it. So yeah,
1: and I mean my experience of doing Christmas Carol is it is a ghost story. It should never be a happy jolly performance and. There are inclinations of it where they've tried to make it happy and jolly, and that just doesn't work. I mean, you know, there are good interpretations, there's bad interpretations, and I think people forget that the core of it is a ghost story. And I think the writing was good and it felt very within that creaky door ghost story. So, yes, they got the mood right and you felt drawn into that feel.
0: The stage was designed by Paul Willis. So, shout out to him.
1: Yeah, I think he did a really good job in taking us back to an era, apart from the scaffolding. But that's all I'll be saying anymore on that.
0: Now, was this well directed, do you think? And the director was Adam Penfold. And I have to say that for the most part, yes, it was. Yeah, Utilise the stage well in between the transitions of the scenes and so on so Yeah, forth.
1: I think director-wise, it gave you that mood of you were drawn into the Christmas Carol world, Dickens era. There, there was other comments I'm going to make later, but I think that overall, it was directed as a good piece of theatre.
0: And there's a lot of people to direct as well. Yeah. A large cast.
1: But also, a lot of those casts did more than one character, and they did more than one role. So they did have to change role to role, which, you know, yeah, that, that does a take bit... a versatile mm-hmm. cast to do that.
0: Moving on now. Do you know what we're here for? we the drama. right richard the performances was there any standout performances or really kind of tune the scenery kind of performances on this one
1: personally scrooge and cratchit were probably my standout performances because i think that
0: yes nicholas Fowell.
1: yes i think that's his
0: name nicholas yeah. Fowell. Just, Scrooge, just, yeah, yes. and
1: uh, I think that Nicholas just embodied Scrooge and he's made for that part. You saw, that he went through a journey, and I think you saw Scrooge's journey through his eyes, and I think that said it all. And it is always about a journey for Scrooge. The whole production's about Scrooge's journey.
0: Well, it's his lesson, isn't it? He's it's the, um, yeah. the antagonist's journey.
1: Yeah, definitely.
0: Edward Harrison played Cratchit.
1: Yeah, I thought instantly he reacted well to Nicholas, and I think that's a credit to him because. Because you have to sell that scene and sell that moment because it is about the, the hard done by and the poor against those that are selfish and rich. And I think that you've got to have that light and shade with that performance.
0: I think overall, all the actors were extremely good. Yeah. I think Mark Gattis in particular played up to his name, everything yeah. I've ever seen him yeah. in. I wasn't let down by seeing no, such a performer. No. You could see... That this was his play that he was just enjoying and playing Ebenezer.
1: Definitely. He was so in that, in the zone, and he was so. No, he wasn't
0: Ebenezer. He was Jacob Marley.
1: He was Jacob Marley.
0: Get it right, Stephen, yes. But he did that whole, the, the ghost and the coming back from the dead and that yeah. slight acting yeah, there was ability. A, there, he, he really reveled in that.
1: Yeah, definitely. I think the, there was a few twists and turns that he pulled off really well. I think that showed in his writing. I mean, overall, the cast, they really took on the, the performance as well.
0: The costumes. We don't normally talk about the costumes, although this
1: was a period piece I feel we ought to. Yeah, totally agree.
0: I feel overall they were... Okay.
1: Yeah, I would only use okay. I think there was a few missteps where some costumes could have been bigger. For example, the ghost of Christmas Past. Oh, I knew you were going to bring that one up. Well, (laughs) it may be on my mind. I think the ghost of Christmas Past just wasn't ethereal enough. It was the costume that just didn't create that sense of otherworldly ghost. Like performance. The entrance of the ghost was brilliant, but I felt that the costume just let it down a little by not having enough material, not having enough ghost like material. It just felt very flat because there was no smoke machine to back it up. The ghost of Christmas Past is a ghost that is almost otherworldly, calm. It's just pointing out the past. The ghost is just pointing out what happened to remind Scrooge of what they went through. And I think it just had a little lackluster moment where you didn't feel like you were being taken on a journey and also some of the costumes were just too clean and too pristine everything was clean and, perhaps
0: and... in dickens's day they had the laundrette
1: well exactly and i think perhaps that they was... had dry cleaning yeah and i think they're the things that i always find in period pieces where you create such a set and a scene that is dirty and lived in and the characters come out i think maybe more pristine than they were this might be a little bit dirty, yeah, but but even so, you didn't wash your clothes daily. And Scrooge, being Scrooge, wouldn't have dressed, washed his clothes because he was saving money, you know. Mm. And they lived in the same shirt and the same nightgown daily, they didn't have seven a, a week or whatever. Very you know? smelly, yeah. I just feel that that would then enhance it more and create more of a, a ghostly feel. You know?
0: My gripe about the costumes would be. On actually, Jacob Marley, when he came back as a ghost, he had plastic. He had huge plastic chains. Now I don't understand the need for the grandness of those chains. Just normal chains that looked like they were chains, rather than just looking plastic. But also,
1: they didn't feel enough of them because he wasn't linked anywhere. It was just wrapped around his body, Mm. rather than any other part of the stage. And I think it didn't give you the the sense of oppression from all the chains and what those chains symbolised you know those chains are meant to symbolise all the people that have pulled him down through the years because he is now a ghost you know and i think that it just didn't enhance that it Mm. it felt a little flat because there was no sound effects to enhance the fact that he was wearing chains and because he was wearing plastic chains there was no natural noise from those chains to give you that effect Mm. maybe
0: when you pass on there's no
1: weight but you potentially yeah there's no weight of the chain but then in the script it's about the chains weighing you down and dragging mm. you down into to the bad depths of life
0: now we come on to props Personal props, moving props, all those yeah. kind of property kind of property props. props. Property props were they used well? What kind of props did they use?
1: I think some were used well. I think there were scenes that were re- really well done on Scrooge's bed, where the Ghost of Christmas Past appeared out of nowhere, and that was a bit of stagecraft that re- worked really well. There was a lot of misdirection. There was other times where I think more props were needed. The Ghost of Christmas Present, where you expect a feast and a, a performance and the Ghost of Christmas Present entered for the first entry and also with costume just didn't feel like he was different to any other performer on stage and I think it's such a misstep when you're meant to look like you're part of you are otherworldly and I think they just missed a trick when those moments should be otherworldly but Ghost of Christmas Present is meant to be laden with fruit vegetables all the things that nobody can afford and it just felt like he had had none of that he was brought out on the throne almost like we were at a dress rehearsal and i felt like he was wearing parts of the costume but not all of it there was a missing something missing
0: yeah i it did feel a little bit odd or not not necessarily odd but a little bit under i wasn't blown away by it yeah but i was more concerned about this christmas tree that was already decorated i suppose i i mean it's part of the props I suppose
1: yeah. but, um, it just felt a little maybe plasticky a little bit like the chains I think it felt a little bit too pristine and too already done you know and I can understand why they need to do it for speed of set changes and things like that but there's certain elements that could have been done differently
0: yeah I think they said oh we need to decorate the Christmas tree or we're going to decorate the Christmas tree yeah, but it was, it was already, already decorated, decorated so
1: how can you yeah can't reference something if yeah, it's already decorated that was a bit, a bit spooky. you know if they used two sides of the Christmas tree and one side was undecorated the other side was and then they just spun it at some point then it would have been fine but i think they just But you picked up on something which brings us to our next
0: segment which is what the tech is this now richard technically speaking you recently talked about um the bed yeah uh with um it had a rail
1: yeah all the way so it had round. a rail all the way around yeah. on the tech.
0: Now, this is the first time I'm going to use this. Okay. So I'm, I'm going to say this. On, then. How, how did, did they, they do, do that? Because I want to know how they managed to open the curtain without people opening the curtain to give this ghostly impression that, a ghost
1: opened. You mean it. where it magically opened at yes, one point? Yes, that's exactly yeah. where I'm going with this. Well, there's a, there's a few moments where they they actually had pulleys on the actual curtains that could open the curtains magically from just simple motors at the back. But they did it really like, cleverly. Fish wire. Yeah, it would, it would have been fish wire or, or the sort of curtain curtain string that it would have just done it. So um, I was
0: lucky lucky what you're watching. I could yeah, not see anything. Very well, cleverly was, done. You know, and also
1: there was um goggly eyed. There I was, there was, the was the a false everything. bottom in the bed where the um where Ghost of Christmas past was was hiding. hiding. I thought there and, was. But it was done really cleverly where the angles on stage were done in such a way where the bed was positioned so you couldn't actually see what was happening. And I think that was really cleverly done and it made it feel like a ghost had actually appeared out of nowhere. So I, I did think that was really clever. So what did we think about the use oh, of the sound yeah. Yeah, okay. and the lighting? So, so um lighting was by Philip Gladwell. The sound designer was Ella Wallstrom. I think the lighting generally was really well done. I think that the mood was created well by the sort of lighting work. It enhanced the space. Sound effects, I think sometimes they could have been a little louder. I think there was some moments where they could have enhanced with chains, no chain, noises of chains, a bit louder. There was just some moments where it could have had more effect. There was moments where, it's not really a technical moment, but it's actually a a moment with use of Christmas carols, which I found very odd, where they sort of used it for certain parts of the production, but then other parts of the production, there was literally no sound. And just to have the haunting sound of a Christmas carol in the background or some sort of moment would have made it even more scary. You know, just to rework Christmas carol, Christmas songs that would have just created that feeling of depth and I think that's what it felt like it lacked
0: it almost turned into a musical in one particular moment yeah but out out of the blue and I think
1: it didn't feel didn't feel right. It didn't, it didn't feel it, it place fitting right. for this Halloween spooky version. Yeah, it didn't draw you into that sort
0: of spookiness, and I thought it was very atmospheric—the lighting and the
1: sound—and I think uh, the projections as well. They work really well to sort of draw you into the whole piece.
0: Oh, and also yeah. what we must talk about is how they used the ghosts. Now um, they used these kind of sheets on sticks that we saw go into the audience. Well, they were—they started from the audience and they went through onto the stage. Yeah. Now, I quite like them because it sort of drew drew your attention away from the stage and to look around and...
1: uh... Yeah, I I liked the the idea and I liked what they did with them, but I did feel that lighting-wise they missed a trick where they didn't have any lights in them. It was done by lighting the audience, the auditorium up. And I felt like so they, that, the light it, it, on the they brought lights up a little bit within the auditorium, and that didn't feel right. If they'd have had lights within the it, it was almost like that. Yes, I understand from a health and safety point of view, the people carrying the ghosts have to see where they're going. However, it, it detracted from it, blurred the line. It sort of didn't feel like they were ethereal ghosts. You could see these people with sticks walking through the audience rather than. If you'd have had lights or LEDs within the actual ghosts, it would have taken that you away from that and gave you that more ghostly feel to the performance when they walked mm. through the audience. That was just my enhancement that I could see.
0: And did we when we went to see it, did you notice any technical issues on the night? Any hands?
1: I think I suppose it's a costume thing with Ghosts of Christmas yet to come. There was just a few moments where yet again it's an enhancement thing where hands that came through costumes weren't a skeleton hand or something like that that would have made it even more creepy or I mean technically I don't really think I noticed any major mess ups. There was no there was nothing there was nothing that went wrong.
0: There's a bit here where it's gonna to have to be put into a different category because I don't know what you'd call this. It probably needs its own category, but it's just so odd. There's a scene where one particular character goes out To get some warmth under the scaffolding. Or next to it.
1: Yeah, my favourite And there's stuff.
0: a character above just dropping notes on top of them. Yeah. Or, or bits of snow falling down. Yeah,
1: something. and it, didn't, it was very... You it sort was of odd. Didn't like know, what was the point? You didn't what? understand the point because it was not really referenced either. No. We didn't know if it was snow or it was notes. It was very difficult to understand that.
0: Yeah, very, very odd. Now for our ratings, as we say...
1: Call this a show.
0: So, Richard... Scores on the Doors here, on a scale of 1 to 10, what are you going to rate this particular production of A Christmas Cowl by Mark Gattis?
1: I'd say I'd give it a 6. Ooh. I, I think I enjoyed it, however, it wasn't up there with some of my greatest performances I've seen. And even though it was a rewrite, I don't feel that it was a total rewrite and a complete ghost story as it was built, so... I'd stick by a six.
0: I'm going to score this a very nice round eight, simply because I've seen a few of Christmas carols, and I liked it. I like the setting. I like the production of it. I like the fact that it's it was done for a Halloween season that blended in with the Christmas season. Yeah. And so, yes, I give it an eight. Now then, Richard, Stephen, the SFX here. Yeah, what are we going to give this? Are we going to give it a train wreck, a tumbleweed, a pleasant applause, or a standing ovation. I see what are you going to
1: choose? What sound effect? it's going to be a pleasant applause. For me.
0: And do you know what, even though I've given it an eight, I'm going to give it a pleasant
1: applause too. so a I'm So there we are, that's our discussion of A Christmas Carol. We hope you found it insightful, if not entertaining. Coming up over the next few episodes, we'll be discussing the new production of Cluedo, Sheila's Island, and Animal Farm. (laughs) That's it for this week, folks. If you'd like to drop us a message, please email us at upstagedownstagepod at gmail.com. Remember, you can always join in the chat to share with us your views on a production. Also, make sure to like and subscribe
0: to our channel so you get every episode the second it's released. And we hope you join us again for another instalment of Upstage Downstage.